Hello and welcome to Ascend Higher, the podcast of True Freedom Trust. We're a UK-based charity that holds to the historic Christian understanding of what the Bible teaches on sex and relationships. We provide teaching, pastoral support, conferences, as well as local support groups. Each quarter, we produce a magazine called Ascend. It's got a range of articles, reviews and personal stories, all dealing with the issues around what it's like to be a Christian attracted to others of the same sex. You can sign up to receive your free copy of Ascend by visiting our website, truefreedomtrust.co.uk. In the autumn edition of Ascend, our friend Jeanette Howard has written an article entitled Keep the Red Flag Flying. And Ruth Daly, our women's worker, interviews Jeanette, and together they explore Jeanette's red flag system and how she uses it to navigate her way through relationships that otherwise might cause her to stumble. Let's listen in. Hi, I'm Ruth Daly, the women's worker at Free Freedom Trust, and I have the pleasure today of talking to Jeanette Howard, who is a writer of three books, and hopefully four soon, and also a speaker. And she has recently written an article for our magazine called Descend, which was on the subject of safeguarding. And we asked Jeanette to write about a system that she has, although we might not call it a system in the end when we talk about this, but it's a way of putting into practice safeguarding measures regarding um, friendship. So hi, Jeanette. Hello. Um, Before we get on to that, I would really like to ask you about what you were like as a person. I'm I'm going straight into this. What you were like as a person um, before you became a Christian in 1985, because I think that's important when we look at why this system was put in place for you. Um, regarding friendships so in the article you talk and you use these words or phrases um, you were like a pendulum on an overwound grandfather clock you talk about emotional mania unsustainable turmoil um, you you went from naught to a hundred Um, in your friendships and so dependency to detachment you also um, use those words can you talk to me a bit about that because we need to know I think what you were like before and what after you became a Christian you became or you're in the process of becoming Sure. I, um, <clears throat> I'm an introvert by nature, so um, making friends is not easy. Um, I, I don't do small talk or, or chatter. I'm just not interested. Um, and I'm quite happy with my own company. And even with I'm with someone, I don't need to talk. All right. So so that essentially and in school, um, I never got into groups. Now, that's partially out of fear that they would get to know me, you know, and and know the fact that I struggled uh, with same sex attraction and and all of that. So there was a setting apart by myself um, uh, 
as a security, as a safeguard in that respect, fear of exposure. So I was, I suppose, a bit like a butterfly. I'd flit from group to group. So I was good at sport. So I was there. I was good at art. So I was there. But I never... I never stayed in a group. I never had a group mentality or, or anything like that. So it was just acquaintances that I had. And then, of, of course, that sets you up for all kinds of things, not having, not having any depth to relationship. Uh, um, and then I would just fall for a girl, usually a year or two above me in school, uh, and everything would just be poured into this person um and and so that that's what it was like so it was it was acquaintance acquaintance you are going to satisfy everything in my life all my needs and and everything like that would then be launched on this poor person uh and they had to fulfill everything right so in 1985, something amazing happened. You became a Christian. And you, I'm presuming that you, at that point, realised that um, the way you were living before was not perhaps the way God wanted you to live. Um, and can you, can you tell me a bit about that, about how you became a Christian, how you were saved, what, what were the important things that, that um, attracted you to Christ? Well, I was, I was living in Australia at the time and I had a girlfriend um, and it just so happened we, were, we started off living together before we were partners um, because I was working in a girls' boarding school. And um, she was a Christian. In fact, the whole school was a Christian. I was one of the very few um, non-believers there. Uh, what didn't interest me in the slightest was anyone giving me five minutes of their time to tell me I needed Jesus. Um, that, that annoyed me above and beyond the call of duty. Uh, I guess that's why I'm such a rubbish evangelist now. It's like, I remember being so angry. How could anyone possibly want to hear? But, um, anyway, uh, as our relationship grew in depth, so did my interest in Christianity. Um, and she would go to like a, a Bible study on a Wednesday evening and come back a very different person. Uh, I, I recognised it. I don't think she did, but I recognised there was a difference in her for the rest of the evening. Um, uh, and then it all kind of returned to normal again on, on Thursday morning. So I just had to hang in there, really. Um, but I got, so I got more and more, I, that's when I started going to church and everything. But I know, it's interesting, no one said a word at all. I mean, no one knew, a, we were not open about the relationship. But, you know, an astute person would have suspected something, let's put it that way. Although she had never had a gay thought in her life prior to this. Um, I, I, yeah. Anyway, we'll move on there. But um, I... (laughs) That's how to that's how to stop mid sentence and go. This is probably not edifying for anyone. The rest of this sentence, so I'll I'll quickly move on. Um, and yeah, 
I knew, I knew, I knew expressing my homosexuality, being in a gay relationship, was not compatible with being a Christian. Now, okay. no one said a word. Nothing. This, this did not come externally. This was absolutely mm. an inner conviction that, that the two were not compatible. Um, okay. Anyway, in the end, um, my contract finished and I had to go back to, to England. And uh, right. I was given a Bible. Well, I'd already been reading a Bible. Um, and so that was it, really. So it was about three months being back in England. I didn't know a Christian in England. Um, but I knew at the crunch point of, of conversion that either that, that my whole life would now stop. <laughs> the okay. life that I'd known for 25 years had to yeah. stop in order to to uh, take on God 100%, as it were. Right. No, that, make, that makes sense. Um, I'm really interested in this inner conviction um, because if we're talking about friendship, so it's not... You said to me um, prior to this about the fact that living in an orthodox manner, um, according to the Bible, which means that any sex outside of a man and a woman being married was a salvation issue. And how, can you sort of describe that in a conviction that you knew it was wrong? Is, is that possible to describe it or is it just... Um, how did you know it was wrong if you hadn't read the Bible or? It, well, gosh, conviction is, is how, how does one describe conviction? It, it, it's just this knowing in the core of your being yeah. something. It's truth in the inmost parts. I guess, um, as David, yeah, you know, nice. says um, yeah. that it certainly bypassed my head. It, it bypassed reason. Um, it bypassed everything and, and, and desire. It's not something I wanted to give up. <laughs> um, so it bypassed all of that. This was not a, oh, yeah, that's a good idea at all. Um, and, and actually, I am grateful for that because when times then got hard and, and other choices had to be made, I knew I had this, this line that I'd stepped yeah. over. And, you know, in John 4, 24, 25, it says we've crossed over from death to life. That's right. And, and, and that was absolutely my conviction of of life outside of God and life within the the loving boundaries of God. And that helped. I mean, you know, some people did not have that that conviction yeah. or waviness came later. I, I have to say, because of temptation that came and and various circumstances, I'm really pleased I got that line that I that that covenant line with God, really. Yeah. That's right. And I think that um when when you talk about that in in sense of your conversion you also, from what you've written, 
sort of transpose that into your friendships. So this boundary line, and this is where we come on to this, the flag system that you've written about, um, this boundary line seems very prominent to you from the beginning of your Christian life. That, that I mean, would you say that was true, that you realised that you the emotional turmoil? It tied in beautifully with my naught to 100 persona quite frankly um you know and 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 part of me growing up in every sense is to learn that there are other numbers in my life it's not just naught and it's not just a hundred so so for conversion purposes that was a brilliant trait to have friendship making and and other things it's rubbish You know, it's absolute rubbish. And um, so what I've done, of course, is cut off that hundred in many respects, that launching into a person to say, and you are going to meet all of my needs. Mm. I'd cut that off for conversion. So all all I was left with was this acquaintance level. Because my fear then was that I would suddenly do the flip. Yes. You know, how can I start engaging in friendships, which was difficult for me because I didn't particularly know how, without it just not even sliding out of control, but launching out, you know, it's the the naught. So how, how can I possibly... um, especially as no one else knew for the first two years of my Christian life. No no one knew. How was I going to start engaging with the women in church, for instance? Uh, Because it's tremendously lonely. I'd left my girlfriend. I'd left left the gay society I lived in. All of that. I I walked away from from the whole package. And then... And then armed with very little, I had to walk into the new package, which was this heterosexual, you know, <laughs> it was just, world. it well, this church just oozed heterosexuality, you know, so, so that was alien to me too. Um, yeah. And then how do I start making friendships with women when they've either, they're not even like-minded, apart yeah. from faith, and my faith was only like, weeks old um uh how do i do this without just launching into into emotional dependency desire lust that seems very astute of you it seems from i mean we will get on to what this system is but it seems to me that you can't set up this system without being aware of what you like and your emotional state how who you're attracted to in the beginning so I'm I'm not saying sex attracted but I know that in general obviously we all have friendships and in in general we are attracted to people it's not just whether we're sexually attracted to somebody it it's for all manner of reasons that we find people attractive um I find people who are intelligent have same interests as me, love the arts, can read books, all those sorts of things I find really attractive in people. So obviously I'm going to be um, drawn towards people like that, um, even if I'm not sexually attracted to them. Um, Would you say that um, 
your main attraction to somebody is a sexual attraction or would you can you see what I'm saying that it's about a person I mean what's the first thing if you were going to write you talk about writing a list um because I think that's what you did initially you wrote a list about no not initially um no I uh no that was much later on because I couldn't I didn't even know what attracted me to people you know so because the long-term girlfriends that I'd had were all very different so it's like so I don't even have this type in, in any so so therefore I couldn't even go armed with oh well if they're six foot four blonde you know with with yeah. blue eyes and absolutely that's the one kind I didn't have that they were all very different ranged from thirty years older than right. me well that's so much more difficult then to to write a list because if they have all different characteristics. Could you generalise that? No, well, I'll tell you what I did. Like, so I would launch, all right, and, and it's like, so let's say they were interested in uh, drama, they were funny, um, it's all of that kind of thing, all right? Yeah. So that would go, yep, uh, you know, tick certain boxes and everything like that. Could could get the same wavelength and everything. Then I start thinking, oh no, I must be falling in love. You see, it was absolute ignorance on my part because I'd only ever gone from acquaintance to you are my lifelong partner. Um, so when I started wandering down, they oh we've got an awful lot in common, and she's pretty. Yes. You know, all of a sudden, I could feel the, the engines revving up, ready to go to 100. Um, yeah. You know, uh, it didn't matter if she was gay, straight, or, or married, single, irrelevant. So what I did do after a period of a few years, really, because it, therefore then I, I kept, I stood back and aloof almost, because okay. if I shared myself, it meant we got closer. Right. So was that, did you do that deliberately? Or, yeah. So you knew that standing back would help you in the long run to assess. Well, help me in the short term from in not falling in love with, with, you know, and, and, and that yearning. Um, because you've got to remember, I'd not addressed anything. Uh, at all because there was no one to talk to there was no books to read or anything like that so what I did my so this is where I did it I made it I I did the headings of the women that I'd been in a a long you know a significant relationship with and what I did was write down their characteristics okay um each one of them and everything like that a bit of overlapping but not really and then and then this what was what was uh uh i found really helpful for me was that when i'd go off into um dreamland or uh the what if land or the i'm consoling myself land it was always memories of a particular person depending on what i needed that's that's quite profound um, you were able to relate what you felt and relate that to the person you felt it with. Well, what I would do, so whatever I was feeling, needing, whatever, what I found with this list was 
let's call her Jane. Okay. Yeah. She was, th- she was my first, lo- I was with her for four years and she was thir- 30 years older than me. Right. So she offered care, um, concern, stability, um, uh, security. Okay. All those things. And it's like, so if I'm in real life, what would I start dwelling on? Okay. I, I would, see. what I was longing for was care, security. And then I would start going back, daydreaming memories mm-hmm. of time with Jane. Yes. So, and, and then, and then with the other ladies, depending on what actually was going on inside of me. So that was really quite interesting because, of course, you've got this whole thing of take every thought captive. And I was just just going, this is what I need now. And 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 recalling, of course, all the good memories. (laughs) (laughs) We don't recall the bad ones. We just recall (laughs) the ones that actually feed the need at the moment. And this was quite this was quite fascinating for me. So I would. So it's like because they were never all four together. No, at all. And, and it appeared to have no rhyme nor reason to it. But actually what it was, that four of them, they all offered a different clump of, of need meeting. Yes. So you, I can totally relate to that um, because I know the, the, the women who I'm friends with and what I find attractive about them. But I also know that in the past I've had a couple of friendships that haven't been healthy. And it's always been my lack um, and the things that God wanted to heal in me. Um, they, they've always, it's like an impulse. It, it's, it's as if this hole you have, they, this person fills it. And before you know it, you're into um, an unhealthy wanting to be with them because they give you what you haven't got. So this system, you, the flags come up and you can say one to five, one I'm presuming that trigger wouldn't happen. Is that correct? And then five, you could, you could tell straight away, Oh my word! I'm in. I'm impulsively thinking something, feeling something that I know in in the short or long term might not be healthy for me. Yeah, that I would go straight to a hundred with a five flag. Okay, so the fly, the five flags is obvious. Yeah. So this is what I had to do then was was devise this this five flag scheme. All right. So so that I wasn't just confronted with a room full of women and not know what to do all right so I could scan and (laughs) and and Alex was this all was this all in your head was this all done wasn't yelling it out no I know you wouldn't say it out loud but it sounds really tiring it's sad it to me it sounds I know it's a discipline and we're called to you know, in 1 Corinthians, we're told that our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit and we have to honour God with our body, which I'm, which I'm thinking that's the basis for this, because you don't want to sin. 
Yeah. But are, did you not find it tiring assessing what you felt at the time or even later on? Absolutely, but, but, you know, when you learn to drive a car, it's exhausting because you've got yeah. to think, uh, accelerator, clutch, when do I, which foot do I use my, for the brake? Yes. You know, mirror, um, I can't even remember now, it's so long. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> indication, manoeuvre, I've forgotten what it is now. And um, who needs mirrors? And yeah. uh, so, so or, you know, when you're learning, you've mm. got, so, and then you've got traffic, yes. you know, and, and then other people getting in the way that walk across your path. So, so an hour's driving lesson is an exhausting thing. Yeah. But now I can turn up somewhere and I have no idea. This is not something to be <laughs> paraded about, but I have absolutely no idea how I got there. And here I am with this five ton or however heavy car killing machine. And I couldn't tell you how I got to a destination. So, yes, initially it was exhausting. Uh, absolutely and when I say initially I mean for a few years yes. because it was only after a few years I actually found like-minded people that I could talk talk out anything um yeah. so so of course I don't go into a room now and automatically have to flag everyone okay because that and also I'm, I'm thinking if I really want to get into a friendship you know and you, you talk about boundaries, and that's really helpful for me, that um, we can flirt with boundaries quite a lot. So how stringent are you with the five flagger? And do you um, ever lie to yourself about whether you find that person attractive? Do you ever flirt with danger? I certainly have done. All right. Even when I've created, uh, I can think of one person in particular, uh, 15 years ago, 17. I know it sounds so long now, but 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 there I had two or three people that I spoke with and shared with and everything. But I didn't share this flagged woman. Okay. You you omitted her on purpose. Yes. Yes. Because it was like. No, no, no. It's only three flags. <laughs> okay. okay? Um, this is how I've reasoned most of my life. It's, <laughs> it's only half a cake. <laughs> you know, um, I, it's only, th- I'll cope. It's only three flags. And of course, the heart is deceitful above all things. That's right. You see, and and there's a knowing that, speak it out speak it out why why are you not speak and it's like because I want it to be five yes I want it to be something that's right Um, or I need it to be something I I can't you can you can know 80% of me but this this I'm keeping to myself yeah that's really honest thank you um and it caused chaos. I, I, you need to know that, that uh, it, it became one of the most dependent relationships I've ever had in my life. It was life draining. Uh, okay. And that for about five years, I had to work through that. So, wow. yeah. 
Yeah. So lo- looking back, did that help you not to do that again? Yeah, that was the last one. <laughs> I mean, we learn, don't we? We really do learn. And in a way, God takes us back to our choices. And this is all about choice. I'm, I'm aware that um, we, we are not, as Christians, um, we're not... We don't need to be swayed by our emotions, in a sense. So this this system does it help? Um, it seems quite rigid. Okay, it seems quite a rigid system. And I know that you've talked about it at our um, women's conference. And there was there was a woman there who said, "I completely get what you're saying, Jeanette, but I don't I." don't have to do that okay I I would much rather start a friendship off and then see how it goes um do you think that it is rigid and have you lost a potential friend do you think can you think of somebody perhaps that you've lost because you put this in perhaps too early or um I know it's all hindsight isn't it is there any leeway in this for... This is not etched in stone. Okay. And, and the flags that I designate people are, are not stuck to them forever. Um, okay. You know, I had to make it rigid because of who I am. Yes. This is not a, a one-size-fits-all. Have- Absolutely. And the Holy Spirit, obviously... Yeah, and a friend of mine talks about having bundles... And having so having friends that God puts in a bundle for you, and um, and if that's the case, then would you agree that perhaps a friend? I mean, you can also take someone out of a bundle. So we, you know, could you start off with a friendship, even if you put this system into practice? Have you? Could you start off with a friendship? It was going swimmingly well. And then you realise that perhaps aspects of it hadn't come to light before you were finding triggers that weren't helpful. Um, have you ever done that? And has, have you come out of a friendship because of it? I have. Um, I've, uh, I've changed the friendship because of it. OK, so does that, does that mean you had to talk to them about it? Were you honest with them? No, not particularly. It was, um, okay, we're not going to do lunch, just the two of us again. There'll be three or there'll be three, there'll be three or four of us. And instead of going down the path of the, of the two of you, um, I know in my life, I've had to put in strategies that mean, um, I can see a pitfall because the enemy wants us to fall into a pit. Of course, of course. He wants to trick wine. And, 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 our need, and our needs are real. Absolutely. So, you know, they're not imaginary needs. We no, just need to find a different... Yeah, we just need to find different ways, yeah. um, if we are able, to, to do that. I mean, yeah. you know... Uh, so having the four at the meal was your way of saying, I still can be your friend, but actually we need to be in a group. So it's not as intense. Yeah. Okay. So I have 
as it were, donated more flags to some people as the <laughs> friendships developed, and wow. and I've removed flags as friendships have developed. Okay. And, so and yeah, what, you on, know, sorry. when 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 we hit trauma, let's say a parent dies or or a pet dies or or your good friend gets married it doesn't matter it can be a good trauma as it were yes like you know those needs that we have do need to be addressed and met and then you can you know if you're given like I am you could launch from a two flag and a potential five flag trying to cope with the loss of something over here exactly you know um so Yes, it's rigid. I, it has to be rigid for me. Okay, but but there is flexibility. Yeah, no, that's that's really helpful. Um, do you? I can see this this system working for anybody, because in in the media nowadays we we often read of unhealthy friendships. How to toxic stop. is the word, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, toxic is the word. Um, and whether you're married, single, gay, straight, whatever we're always, as Christians, going to have temptations and we're always going to come up to situations where we need to make choices. So um, have, I can see this working for me completely. Um, could, how, would, how easy is it to adapt? I know you are gay, so you can't really say this, but haven't, do you know anybody else who uses this generally? Well, I, I remember doing a leader's conference somewhere don't know where uh, and and spoke about it and uh, a woman said I use that for all the men in my life <laughs> it's like whoa okay <laughs> um and uh or something similar you know yeah. it's like yeah. she has to grade and rate basically right. I mean why why do office affairs happen Exactly, like you're round the water cooler. They don't just happen. No, they don't. It's lack of an awareness of self, your yeah. strengths and your weaknesses. Well, you know, Satan knows your Achilles heel. So Absolutely. you need to know your own Achilles heel or yeah. heels or, or whatever. Yeah. So do you, I have had help. Um, I think when, if something recurs, God is putting a finger on it. So what would you say to those who continually fall into negative codependent relationships, um, are continually faced with um, temptation sexually, you know, and just think, I can never get out of this. I mean, were you ever, did you ever feel that? And did you go and get help in inverted commas? Was it, did you intentionally talk to somebody um or could you do you understand that people do this all the time and and how what would you suggest they did um oh gosh you know I spent years this was this was difficult it it really was and um uh but I'm but that's because partially because I had to create it myself yeah so did you ever let anyone know at the beginning or did you, were you alone in this? I mean, have you ever, I know you're open about it now, but at what point, I mean, since 1985? <laughs> <laughs> well, last week. Yeah. No, I, um, 
about uh, 88, I think. Okay. Yeah, I, I got a, um, a small group of, of friends, Christian friends, um, and uh, we talked about it. And they, like you, said, oh, well, I'm not, although one of them had a gay background, but the yeah. other two said, well, no, we're not, but I understand it with men. So that's a, that's a principle, isn't it? That's The principle is that we can fall into sin in different ways. And maybe your Achilles heel is um, being attracted sexually to somebody. It could be a totally different thing for someone else, but... It, it is about keeping our bodies as a temple of the Holy Spirit. It is um, about fleeing from sexual immorality, um, keeping things under control, self-control. And that is difficult, but it is the fruit of the Spirit. Yeah, yeah. And But, um, you know, that, that self-control thing, because it always seems so hard for me, yeah. self-control. But, yeah. but the... It's like, why am I doing it? And it's like, because someone is more important than that, and that person is Jesus. Because my relationship with him is more important than anything else in the world. There's got to be be motivation for this self-control, long-suffering patience, because it sure as heck isn't in the natural self, not with me anyway. No, Um, No, because we're we're told to just go with our feelings, whatever feels good, you know, love is love, etc. You know, if you're not hurting anyone, um, all those things that actually aren't true um, in in the Bible. Um, Can you... Tell me about um, this decision you made, just to pull you back to that, because it's it's really quite um, a thing that you did last year when um, some, was it a friend of yours asked you to meet up with her? Yeah, it was actually my part, my ex-partner in Australia. Um, and uh, the relationship only stopped because of distance. All right, so the, it, it didn't stop because we fell out. Okay. And it also stopped because I became a Christian. Yes. So, um, which was the main thing, apart from 10,000 miles. But, but... You can overcome that if you want to. Yes, that's true. I had a terrible telephone bill for the first okay. year. <laughs> um, but, but yes, so it stopped because I'd become a Christian, not because I'd fallen out of love or we'd argued or, or anything else. In, in my estimation, she was the one I wanted to grow old with. Okay. And, um, but it was uh, last spring that um. I got a, a, a friendship request from WhatsApp or something like that. I can't remember. Yeah. And, uh, and it was her. Um, and the photograph was her with two uh, adult children um, yeah. and everything like that. And um, so I accepted and then found out, you know, she'd been widowed and all of this. And I have to say, I started trolling the photographs, past photographs okay. and everything like that. Um, yeah. and, uh, and then she'd got a conference in uh, Brighton, which is 20 miles from me in the summer. She'd be there for three days. And could we have lunch? And um, so this is 35 years 
later and a lifetime later. And uh, my initial thought was, yeah. And then, then everything started internally emerging. Um, okay. And I thought, well, it'll only be lunch. It's in the public. It's da-da-da-da-da. So reason, reason, reason. But yeah. I knew what was beginning to churn internally. So I yeah. spoke to my accountability prayer group and of course as far as they were concerned it's wave every single red flag that you own <laughs> woman <laughs> even more than five even more than five get the regatta bunting out you know <laughs> um and and the truth was no I was not going to meet her and jump into bed with her but yeah. it was absolutely going to to uh, churn up everything in me and when we waved goodbye I would be left with everything yes. plus an up-to-date memory of her absolutely <laughs> her voice yeah. everything about her would was just and it's so I I chose not to meet her that must have been painful it was exceedingly painful Firstly, firstly, it was it surprised me the depth of response, yeah. even after all this time. And it it also shows that um, we can't second guess any feeling we have. We can't say, "Oh, that's not going to happen," or "I'm quite strong on that aspect," because um, we're often launched you know emotions are emotions aren't they 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 come from deep within and so they launch us into something and if we listen to them you realize that before you knew it you would um no matter how much how much of a barrier you think or a boundary you had you realize before you've met her that you really could have been back in that time with her totally Totally. Yeah. I, I'm not saying physically, but certainly emotionally, everything. Yeah. Uh, and partially as well, I guess, because I've not really moved on. She was the last relationship yeah. and the one that I wanted to be for life. Yeah. I think that, yeah, that will really help our listeners because they can see you as a mature Christian who has same-sex attraction, um, but even now, after 35 years, you still and you still have to make decisions to walk this narrow path. It gets easier, do you think? Does, well, it does until something like that gets thrown up. Yeah. Yeah. So um, and and it would if I didn't have to be in this business. You know, I, I came I came out of uh, uh, talking about same sex attraction and all of that for 15 years. And I have to say my, my I barely thought about being gay, in, you know, but I have to keep talking about me yeah. my story this and and so it almost keeps me there um uh, but you know it is what god has called me to i suppose i suppose it's no um uh 
surprised that a friend bought Tim Keller's The Prodigal Prophet about Jonah from my Christmas present last year. You know, (laughs) the prophet who keeps running away. Well, that's my heart, really. It's like, oh, I (laughs) was... And he keeps hauling me back. So, um, yeah. That's brilliant. What would you say to somebody who who will hear this and think, that is what I want to do. That's what I need to do in my life. This system, I'm finding it really apposite what you're saying. Um, how could they implement it? Could they do it themselves? Would you advise them to talk? They could, um, which, of course, is what I did. But I would suggest is, well, do your list by yourself. prayerfully do your list by yourself prayerfully holy spirit please reveal to me the specific characteristics that drew me to this person that that caused or uh, that finally meant i loved this person and and everything so i would do that alone just with the holy spirit and and ask him to reveal so you're not trying to dig anything out It's like, because the Lord knows you want to move on. You you want to pursue a life of holiness. All right. right. So I would do that with the Holy Spirit. Okay. So get your list going and everything like that. And then it's, and and you may find you have to educate the group of people that you've got. You know, you tend tend to have to be educator and then confessor. (laughs) (laughs) you know kind of you have to be all things to all people um and and say this this is what i'm learning about myself yeah so it's about being vulnerable isn't it but if you're not going to be honest if you're not going to be vulnerable in front of a chosen few i'm not advocating you do it in front of everybody but it's your chosen people um Okay, carry on, Savvy. You know, will you walk with me yeah. as I yeah. start addressing this? Yeah. yeah. So it's trusting other people to pray with you, um, to walk that path. And you would obviously reciprocate that in different areas for them. So would it, you know, if you're not in the public eye, it's still appropriate and useful to have somebody or two or three people who can walk with you through those things that you find difficult and God is calling you to be healed of to to mature in to be aware yeah Yeah. to to um to know your weaknesses yeah you know you you don't you don't give an alcoholic you don't take an alcoholic to a pub give them a pint of beer to hold and tell them now don't drink that all night you know it's it's like be be aware of of of, and and share with them um and it depends on the group they it may not be reciprocal they may be just there to help you in your walk okay mentors walking with us but it may be friendship group and you may find what you do is ignite them like That's like it. like um, the lady in the conference go, oh yeah, I have to do that with all the men. That's you know, it. And, so, and it causes them to grow too. So you've got this mutual yeah. mutual accountability and growth. And I would say about four people, because if you're gonna do it on one, trust me, you're gonna get dependent on them. It it it, it 
you I know, they're the only ones who understand <laughs> me. They're the only ones who know me. Go for four. You're back to, you're back to square one, in a sense, because you're trying to get out of a dependent friendships and you end up in one with somebody else who's trying to help you yes and the chances are on one of those you depending on where you're at you're going to fluctuate between any of those four thinking they can meet my needs yeah all right um so you need that's why there's others yeah it's it's a safe it's safeguarding yeah safeguarding um talk to me about a good friendship you have now What's the aspects of it that, you know, if you were not modelling a friendship, but if you were describing a healthy friendship um, that you have, what would you say are the characteristics of it? Well, I'm still not good at making friends. OK, it's it's um, simply... Is that true or is that just what you've told yourself? No, I think it's true. Because in order to have good friends, you have to be a good friend. And I'm not very consistent. All right. So I will totally engage with people at a time, but I won't do follow up or I won't. So I I know I'm a poor friend in that respect. All right. Um, So um, but but yeah, so if I want good friends, I have to be a good friend. And yeah. and I think because I've lived alone for so long, there's a selfishness in me. Okay. You know that, that you have to put yourself out <laughs> to be a friend. And 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 you do it does help if they're reciprocal. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um you know, I suppose you'd have to ask other people whether I was a good friend. I, 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 I think I'm very variable, quite frankly. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, to be a good friend. Um, and uh, it is sacrificial friendship, isn't it? Because, it, it, I mean, you're married, so you, you know that it's a sacrifice. And you're a parent. There's, there's, yeah. In any relationship, there's sacrifice. It's That's not right. all meet my needs. No. So do you often bring yourself, do you have, in, your, in the friendships that you have now, do you, do you assess them? Do you talk to them? I mean, with my friends, I'm really, I think because my husband's 15 years older than me, I'm aware that I need my friends. I, I'm not talking about, you know, um, I haven't got a death wish or something like that, but he could die before me. And I'm aware that having friends is really, really important to me um, because because one person can't give you everything anyway. I mean, um, I think this re- recent lockdown has shown that, isn't it? Yeah, you know, when, when, when God said it's not good for people to be alone, yeah. my word, hasn't this recent lockdown proved that, that truth? Absolutely. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. So I I will say to my friends now, um, thank you for being my friend, um, you know, and, and um, I just want them to know their qualities. And I think because I'm quite open anyway, it's it's healthy, isn't it? Or to say, you know, I was hurt um, because of that or, um, you know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I did that. Um, I just think it, it, the more you get to know yourself, the more open you can be with your friends. And that's where the healthy, honest teaching to say, when you said that I felt hurt, is that is that actually 
especially with text messages and and anyth- anything like that when you 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 haven't got all the non-verbal absolutely um, hints and guides and and it's all very terse isn't it and yes. and, and it's like is that your attitude towards me or are you just in a hurry? That's you you know, and things like that. And a friendship vocalises that. Yeah. Doesn't, that doesn't stew on it, but, but says, gosh, it all sounded a bit, <laughs> a bit tense, yeah. you know, yeah. when you, and, and, and get it out, get it out and, and move on. I think that's what, through talking to you, um, I just appreciate so much your honesty about this and I know it will help so many people. Um, at the end of your article, I just want to quote some of the things you say because they, they're just really important. You say we can change our patterns of thinking. We can make good choices. Our weaknesses can be our strength and we can live as God intended. We don't have to live out of a broken response to all that has entailed or all that we've experienced in our life can you just to finish talk about how Christ has done that for you how you can you know how you can say now that I'm stronger in that area because God has used this weakness or you know I used to think like that but God intervened and now I think like this I think I think for me and of course it's it's what I'm working on for this long slow process of writing I think I think I write like a um a sloth on Valium I think that's my (laughs) that's my speed of writing um uh but it's it's really I I am fascinated by by the whole area of betrothal and um and the ancient Hebrew marriage ceremony and um it really is uh the salvation story Uh, And so my thinking at the moment is how we mature as Christians from being beloved to betrothed to bridal. And and those are the three areas. Um, And so in that place of being betrothed and relationship and everything with Christ, I have so much met that when I like security, stability, future, you know, God is not a man that he lies. And every, yes. it says if every, every promise of God is fulfilled in Christ, yes. you know, so I am putting all my eggs in one basket here. Um, um, but, and it is giving me, it is absolutely a relationship. It's not theoretical at all. It is absolutely real. So that means that, that I can then engage horizontally in friendships without grabbing someone by, by the scruff of the neck and going, meet all my needs. I come, yeah. I come from a much stronger place um, uh, of, of being filled so I can offer as opposed to being empty and therefore I need to grab. Yeah. yeah. No, that's it. That, what a testimony. Um that that we don't you know this system that you designed put in place um has helped you to get to the point where you can say that you are not tossed around because we started with the words didn't we um pendulum overwound grandfather clock 
um, emotional mania, unsustainable turmoil. All right, all right. You don't have to... <laughs> I'm just quoting you. Um, and we're finishing on stability, identity, um, fulfilment, and I praise God for that in you. And I can also see in myself that that is a process that God's taken me through too. So, Jeanette, thank you so much for sharing what you wrote, but also your life and how you've come to this point. Um, It's just been so good to hear your story. Oh, I'm very pleased and thank you for engaging me. (laughs) Well, thanks to Jeanette and Ruth for such a thought-provoking conversation. It's been great to consider how we can foresee problems in relationships. I hope you found their conversation really helpful and encouraging. Well, you've been listening to the Ascend Higher podcast. For more information and resources, head to our website at truefreedomtrust.co.uk or follow us on Facebook or Twitter. Thanks for listening. Bye for now.